We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the Irish Breakdown podcast, the main source of Notre Dame content here at irishbreakdown.com. I am the director of recruiting at Irish Breakdown, Ryan Roberts, joined, of course, by the publisher of the site, Mr. Brian Driscoll. want to thank you all, of course, for joining us today. want to say before we begin, if you could like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and share this podcast. We have a lot of extra shows now with uh, with Sean Steyer's new show, The I the IB Nation Sports Talk Show, as long with our daily show here every day at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Don't want to make sure that you miss any of the hot news. Today we'll be talking a couple recruiting tidbits on today, but mostly we'll be getting into Lindy's and Athlon's rankings of the Notre Dame offensive positions going into the season. But of course, as people are well aware in the chat, we have to begin this show there was, uh, Brian, some some controversy over some comments recently. Well, actually, maybe I shouldn't say comments. Dennis Dodd kind of portrayed Marcus <laughs> Freeman a certain way very recently. And today we had a interview that Marcus Freeman did recently that kind of dispelled how he was portrayed. So take us through some of these comments, Brian. And I know you have a lot of thoughts and I know yes. people are really looking forward to it. I have a lot of thoughts on Dennis Dodd. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, first of all, I, I read the article before the Ohio State people kind of started getting all in their feelings about it, right? And that's just what Ohio State fans do. It's like for all the success you've had, you'd think they'd be a little less sensitive, but they're not. So, but that's beside the point. As I'm reading the article, I didn't even get to that part yet before I was annoyed. It was just a typical Dennis Dodd hackery. And, and Dennis Dodd is a straight clown. He's always been a straight clown. He's pretty much a crap writer anyway, but he's always had an axe to grind against Notre Dame. He's constantly having to backtrack this, backtrack that, go all the way back to comments he made about Don Treadway, uh, all the way back in Michigan State in 2010. He's a hack. He's someone who cares about hearing his name talked about as opposed to journalistic integrity. And it's people like him that is why you don't hear me call myself a journalist because I don't want to be associated with people like that. And it used to be where people like that were sort of like, you know, kind of on an island, I felt, right? And then, and then, like, you had these, like, clowns like Skip Bayless, but they were, like, the unique, like, weird, like, personalities that just cared more about their fame than they did about, like, doing the job credible. Now that's about all you see on a national stage. It's, like, it's clickbait. It's clickbait. Let's have some stupid argument where I say some outlandish thing, you know, that, that everyone's going to talk about because, you know, as long as I'm being talked about, that's a good thing. That's who Dennis Dodd has always been. He's a hack. And he's always had this this anti Notre Dame thing. He's always got to make these comments and and you know trying to tear Notre Dame down. And even in this article, before you get to the Ohio State nonsense, Ryan, I just had you read that part <clears throat> that about the Dolly Duffy interaction. Did you read that? Yep. Like, yep what was the point it. of including that in the article? It, I, it was absurd. Other than to have it to where some lady shited him, right? Like this is my time. Like I don't even know who this lady is. Nobody cares who this lady is, right? Like. What did that have to do with anything? And that's not no disrespect to Dolly Duffy, but like, what does she have to do with this article? She has nothing to do with this article. It just was, a, it was a little, and this is what he does. He'll write this thing where he talks about this thing and this nice thing and the other kind of thing. But then when you talk about his, you know, the, just the title, you know, hype train, like I just felt like that was disrespectful. And that's probably me reading into him knowing he's a hack and knowing how he uses things like this. And then, you know, that little part about, about Dolly, it's like, why, why put that up there? So you can get some awkward segue just so you can kind of get that some lady talked down to Marcus Freeman. Like, you're a clown, right? And then he kind of dives into this whole, this academic thing. And this guy never had a nice thing to say about Brian Kelly until Brian Kelly's at LSU taking shots at Notre Dame. Then he wants to write, you know, all this nonsense. And then that led to me just destroying Brian Kelly on this very platform because that's who Dennis Dodd is. He's a hack. You know, he likes putting out stuff that's going to create emotion rather than telling a good story or reporting the news. And he had an attempt to really put portray Marcus Freeman and, and the uniqueness of his of his ascendancy to this position. You have a 36 year old guy that has taken over at one of the most prestigious institutions in America. And you want to kind of start putting him into this quote. I love this one. 
right? Free, Freeman is still in a silo with those other gentlemen who became first-time head coaches at the at, at one of the biggest pressure cookers in sports, Jerry Faust, Bob Davey, and Charlie Weiss. Oh, man. Right? I'm like, really? Really? And then he says, the new coach is repeating a lot of what previous coaches have said. This is right after talking about Jerry, Jerry Faust, Bob Davey, and Charlie Weiss. Mm-hmm. It, it just the whole thing was just a, a bunch of absolute just typical Dennis Dodd hackery and and you know look the the other problem I have too Ryan is I don't know why Notre Dame continues to allow this guy to be around they don't have to look they can choose who to credential who not to credential right and and, and you want to credential him fine let him show up and and be at interviews but mm-hmm. why would they give him a one-on-one I'm going to give I'm going to give a little bit of a benefit of the doubt to like, you know, to to people at Notre Dame that are setting these things up because a lot of them are somewhat still new. Sure. And you're like Notre Dame's current SID, Katie Lonergan, really respect Katie, like what she does, but she's only been here a couple of years and they had her first year was like the COVID year and all that. She doesn't have the history of what some of these outlets are that, that you and I might have history too. Right. And then she's surrounded by a lot of other people who are new. So, there's not like the the you know the the history of where like a John Heiser is going to know okay here's the agenda that this guy's coming from and that's part of the learning process so this isn't a shot at Katie but there's enough people at Notre Dame that this kind of thing needs to be said like hey look this guy you got to be careful with this guy like Coach Freeman needed to go into that interview knowing that this is who Dennis Dodd is or here's the thought don't interview with Dennis Dodd what, what, who cares what CBS Sports thinks but that's what Notre Dame does right like they'll not give the local media a whole lot of access. But then any chance ESPN wants to talk or CBS Sports or The Athletic, all these outlets that are, are going to put him in awkward situations or misquote him or do whatever else. And they kind of did it to Brian Kelly, although the difficulty of the Brian Kelly tenure was he often gave them legitimate red meat to kind of <laughs> run with. It, 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 it's like, but you, you got to know that, right? You got to uh-huh. be you got to prepare him for that. That's kind of what you're supposed to do. And, and clearly he he went into that interview thinking I can be honest and we can have a conversation and you're going to quote me correctly. The mistake that Marcus Freeman made was assuming that Dennis Dodd was either a professional. She's not B honest and had, a, you know, from an integrity standpoint, his job, which he doesn't and C that he has talent, which he doesn't. And so that's a bad trio for someone at a national outlet. And mm-hmm. he did what it was very, like, if you'd have told me, Hey, Dennis Dodd's got an article coming out about Notre Dame. I don't oh, now what's he going to say, right? right? That's just who he is. He's an unprofessional, um, just absolute clown. There's really no other way to say it. And and I, I'm, I'll own that, right? That's not like the most intellectual way to describe someone. But, I mean, I you got a better word? I, I don't. Because the words that I have, I don't like to use on this, this platform, right? So... Well, I'll, I'll say this, Brian. I mean, just for some context, I guess, of if people haven't seen what 100% was said. So it was basically a situation where they were talking about the academic rigor mm-hmm. at Notre Dame. And he was, you know, they're asking, and it's a typical question, right? Everyone knows it. You have to be a, you have to be a student athlete to succeed at Notre Dame, obviously. Mm-hmm. And in the comparison, he talked about, hey, Notre Dame is a small Catholic institution, right? What do you say? 8,500 students, I think, some, somewhere in that ballpark. And he was comparing it to an Ohio State's or some of the other bigger public institutions that get 60,000, 80,000, mm-hmm. whatever their their um the amount of students that they have at their schools are, right? So he was comparing them and he I, I think the I, I, and this is not word for word here, but he basically said if you don't go to school, if you don't go to class at an Ohio State, 
And basically they dropped the if at there, mm-hmm. right? And he, they were kind of like, oh, wow, you're saying that they don't go to class at Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, like the way he wrote it, because he had the if on there, right? Like it says, yep. if you don't go to class, and then he put brackets at those places. Basically kind of like, and that's not really what Coach said. Okay, take some online classes, show up for your final. At Notre Dame, you're forced to, every day to go to class. The mm-hmm. He left out a lot in the middle. Um, and, and then they did put an editor's note. Free, it said Freeman was citing Ohio State and Cincinnati's examples of large public universities with enrollments of 60 and over 60 and 40,000 respectively. This context was not included in the initial publication of the quote above, which has also been amended for clarity. So we actually, they might have just added the if back in. Right. That's the thing. So, I mean, the fact to, to have an editor come back in and make that kind of correction shows that they know this was not because if Marcus Freeman says like people say all the time, well, I wasn't quoted correctly. Well, I have the notes and I'm not changing it because I did quote you in proper context and I did quote you accurately. The fact that you're getting blowback is not my problem. And that, and that would be accurate if Dennis Dial would have quoted Marcus Freeman in perfect context and said exactly what he said. And Coach Freeman was catching flack for what he said. That's fair game. Right. That, that's not Dennis Dodd's problem. What bothers me is when you spin something or leave out very important context in an attempt to create a black eye on Notre Dame. That's what Dennis Dodd does. And that's what his intention was here. To have an editor come back in and say that is a really bad look, really bad look. And, yeah. and then they they obviously have changed since changed that. But he, he even even with the change one, it makes it look like he's saying at Notre Dame, you're forced every day to go to class. Mm-hmm. that's not what he was talking about. Right. Right. Like, why is he hiring a bunch of Ohio state people? You know what I mean? Like, why would he say he's like, you say he's got two degrees from Ohio state. Why would he basically like kind of destroy that by to take some shot with Dennis Dodd? Like, and Ryan, when he said it, like, there's a, I did not comment on this on the board yesterday. I didn't comment it on Twitter because honestly, I was going to reach out to coach after the current, there's a, a big official visitor on campus that I didn't want to, I knew I wasn't going to get that kind of time, but I was going to reach out to him or, you know, Katie or, you know, whoever else and kind of be like, Hey, can I get some clarification on this comment? Because the, when I read it, like that doesn't sound like what Marcus Freeman is about. Yeah. It doesn't sound like what he says. And and I know how state fans like to take things he says and, and get all sensitive and in their feelings. Like when he said, you know, when he first got hired about, you know, he coming to Notre Dame or Ohio state and that kind of thing. And, 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 that one was like, okay, I get what he was saying, and I get why they're upset. They shouldn't be upset. Like, just not everything's about you. Right. This was one where it's like, this sounds nothing like what Marcus Freeman's about. Mm-hmm. This sounds nothing like who Marcus Freeman is, and this isn't the kind of comment you'd expect Marcus Freeman to say. So I just had a feeling like, and and then if if like if Tim Priester would have had an interview with with Marcus Freeman and and made that exact quote, I'd have been like, well, that's unfortunate for Coach Freeman to say that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, because I I give Tim Priester the benefit of. Tim's not out there to try to, in my opinion, and, and I've been reading Tim for decades. If, if Lou Samoji was still with us and would have had a quote like that, I would have said, Matt's unfortunate that coach said that because there are people that I respect. they are people of integrity that, yes, we all want to have something that's that gets read by a lot of people. Otherwise, we don't have a job, right? But you want it to be an accurate thing. When, it's, when I read that quote and then was like, oh, yeah, this is a Dennis Dodd piece, I immediately was like, I put no stock in that at all. And then you hear what Coach Freeman, and I love the fact that he said, send me the audio. That was right. great. Send yep. me the audio because I want to hear it. Like, at that point, Dennis Dodd's got to be like, uh-oh. Like, uh, this could this could end up not going well. If he has any integrity at all, and maybe he didn't say that because I don't think he does. But, uh, you know, and then he read it within context, and, and that is the proper context. Like, and, and look, 
your last star quarterback before C.J. Stroud has talked about how he took all his classes online. The, the, your, your last quarterback to start and win a national championship made the joke about, like, I didn't come here to do school. Right. Like, now, look, I've got, res- you know, I've got some level of respect for what Ohio State is trying to do. But let's not pretend like you're trying to be like Northwestern. Right. I mean, your kids do take online classes. There's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing. And he's wrong not with that. saying that that's a problem. Right. Now, the, the thing that I think he is accenting is when you are taking an online class, it is easier to get lost in the shuffle. It is. And I would read that into it as someone who's been involved in, in this side of things. But it was not a comment like, you know, these kids, they go to take an online class, they show up for the finals, and then they don't do anything else. It's not what he was saying. He's talking about being in person and being around. And then he went on to talking about other aspects of how they're intertwined with the Notre Dame community. They're not kind of secluded like they are at a lot of places. And it was just, it was incredibly unprofessional of Dennis Dodd. It was his typical spin. It was typical... Let me say enough complimentary things to make it look like I'm doing real journalism, but let mm-hmm. me make sure I get my 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 silly pettiness in there too, which is what that Dolly Duffy comment was all about, which is what this was all about, and and you know tying him into you know Jerry Faust and all these other guys. Like, okay, how about you give proper context? Like, why are we still talking about Charlie Weiss? That was 15 years ago. Charlie Weiss was hired almost 20 years ago, right? Jerry Faust was hired at Notre Dame when I was three freaking years old. Okay. <laughs> like two, was he? It was 80. He was 80, I think, right? 80, 81. It was like two or three years old. Okay. Bob Davey was hired. I was still in high school. Right. So why are we, why aren't we talking about more con- Hey, you know what? Let's look at the teams that are winning national championships. Where had Kirby Smart ever been a head coach before? Where had, mm-hmm. where had Dabo ever been a head coach? Where had Dabo even been a coordinator before? You know, so you know, where had Ryan Day been a head coach before? Yep. So, so we've seen these Lincoln Riley, where he he had ever been a coach, head coach before he got the he was the offensive coordinator like ECU three years before he became the head coach at Oklahoma. Yep. So why is that? That why aren't we using that context, right? Why, if you're going to talk about those three coaches, what level of success did any of those coaches have after they left Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Charlie Weiss got fired from Kansas in what two years? Something Bob like that, Davey yeah. was a was a below five hundred coach at New Mexico. <laughs> Jerry Faust never coached again, I don't think. Right, so to me, it's it, it's like that stuff you say when you're trying to make a point that's a negative point when trying to spin. There's no context in one way or the other, right? And and that's who Dennis Dodd is. I, I think Dennis Dodd is is a hack. I think he's unprofessional. I think he's always had this grudge towards Notre Dame. And I'm not someone who buys in the whole media hates Notre Dame. I, you know, I've pushed back against that. This clown, however, absolutely is that way. And he does this stuff and all the time. Like now all of a sudden you're Brian Kelly's cheerleader, right? <laughs> and, he, and, you know, it just – I would love to listen to that entire interview. I I would like to hear it too because, I mean, obviously I, I was wa- listening to Coach Freeman's do you want to call it a rebuttal to the comments? I yeah, guess we call I it a rebuttal, right? I think, yeah, it's a rebuttal. Yeah, let's call yeah. it a rebuttal because I think clarification mm-hmm. makes it seem like, you know, I did say that, but this is a flat right. rebuttal of I didn't say that. I didn't say it in the context. I didn't say it in, in any way that you portrayed it in, in that. Right, right. So if you listen to the interview Coach Freeman did, it 
I, I kind of thought about um, I kind of thought about Jimbo Fisher for a second, Brian. You remember after he you know had his quick, oh, I got to say something here and I got to get all loud and, and kind of come at it a little very childish. Coach Freeman was just so eloquent talking about this situation, you know, and I, I it was because, like you said, there are several things. It's like he has two degrees from Ohio State. Why would he talk bad about the University of Ohio State from an academic perspective? He literally has an an advanced education from the institution. That doesn't make any sense. And he has continued to bring Ohio state people with him, right? Like you think about James Laurinaitis, that's now on the staff that he played with at the university. But for me, after listening to the, after listening to his interview that he did, I'm just more happy each and every time I hear coach Freeman speak that he is the head coach of Notre Dame. Cause even in, when someone tries to make unnecessary controversy out of nothing, he's just like such such an eloquent speaker and just explains it so easily. And you're just like, yeah, that's a that's a non-issue. Like, yeah. and I think I think it's just more proof, honestly, Brian. Because I mean, I know, I know you mentioned that Dodd's kind of a Notre Dame hater or whatever. But even when people are trying to poke holes in Coach Freeman right. so much, man, like Hard, you just yeah. you can't find anything right now because I mean, and maybe something will happen at some point. But like at this moment. He has done everything at a very good w- in a very good way so far. He's yeah. continued to to reemphasize the same messages over right. and over again. And I actually think that Notre Dame comes out of this kind of looking yeah. good, to be honest. Right. Coach Freeman right. does anyway, in my opinion. I agree. And this is the same clown that remember when when Ryan, you and I. I mean, I think we were talking at the time uh, because you and I had already started kind of going through the the process of maybe bringing you on and things like that when all this stuff was going down. And I think I told you at the time, like, you know, what I was hearing about Coach Freeman being the coach. And then Dennis Dodd mm-hmm. comes out hearing Luke Fickle's the guy. Uh, you're not uh, hearing that from anybody in Notre Dame. I can right. promise you that. You know what I mean? And I pushed back on his stuff at the time. And, and you know, then you start hearing, well, you know, Brian Kelly's you know, hearing the job's going to get him 15 million a year. Like, this, it's not just Notre Dame, though, with Dennis Dodd. He's just like this. He's just a – he's just – I don't say bad at his job – and let, but then I think, but he's not bad at his job from the standpoint of I think this is what he wants. I think he does this stuff on purpose, right? He he's tra- just he's trying to with Notre Dame. He's trying to get the yes. he's trying to get the attention. He's trying to get the Correct. clicks. That's that's why you Correct. manipulate a quote, right? So, you're trying to get a rise. You're trying exactly. to get a reaction, obviously. And he yep. does this stuff all the time. I think it's it's more noticeable Notre Dame a because I'm 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 someone who's always been a Notre Dame fan, grew up a Notre Dame fan. I'm in that Notre Dame universe now but also because I do think he has an extra agenda when it comes to Notre Dame. And look, Notre Dame has given people plenty of reasons to be critical of them in the past. And, and, and when Notre Dame does something that, that deserves criticism, criticize it. We'll do that, right? That's the job. When Marcus Freeman does something that we don't evaluate as proper, uh, whether it be like an in-game decision, uh, let's say you know going for two when your team is up 11 already in the fourth quarter, against Northwestern, hypothetically, and you go for two instead of one, uh, yeah, I'm going to criticize you just like I did Brian Kelly. That's a real situation, by the way. That's why they lost against Northwestern, because they kicked the field goal, kicked the t- had a touchdown, scored a two-point conversion to tie the game, because no one in their right mind goes for two when you're up 11 in the fourth quarter, uh, except Brian Kelly, of course. We'll criticize Marcus Freeman when he does things like that. And we'll criticize him if if there's a, a mistake here because that's our job, no matter how much we may like him or not. But don't invent crap to try to start drama. That's my frustration. And and there's too much of that going around right now. And, and, and part of my frustration is because whether it's this, 
whether it's the Dante Moore recruitment, where there's a lot of things going around Monroe Freeling recruitment. There's a lot of stuff going around where I'm like, I know that's not true or a partial truth. And it gets really freaking frustrating. And it just, it, it just, because a lot of it, it ends up, you know, hurting the program. And, and, and then you're like, then I have to spend all my time commenting on this nonsense as opposed to, you know, doing other things. And so, there's just a lot of frustration that I have. And it's kind of like, stop letting these clowns in your building. Stop giving them access, direct one-on-one access to your coach. Because here's the reason. I am not a fan of saying, we're not going to give Dennis Dodd a credential to Notre Dame. I'm not a fan of that, right? Let him have a credential. But but let it be in a situation like, like what we get, right? Let him be at a press conference. Because here's the deal. If you say something false, then we're all there. We all heard it. I can say, uh-uh, that's not what he said. And I've and I've defended Brian Kelly against some things like this in the past too, where people would take something that Brian Kelly said, they would tw- like twist it into like the like that's not what he meant when he said that, and you're just trying to start problems, and you know so let him do that because then we can all immediately no no, no hold on I have the audio bam here here it is this is what he said that's not what he said right, and and then we can kind of we kind of go from there but. When you give him one-on-one access, it, it sort of comes down to his word versus your word, which is why I love the fact that Notre Dame asked Dodd for the audio, right? Like just, and I also thought too, it was smart because you don't immediately come back with, oh, I never said that. And then Dodd's got the audio. Well, no, here's exactly what you said. It's smart. <laughs> like, you know, maybe I did say that, but that's not how I meant it. And because that's going to change the, then it becomes a clarification, not a rebuttal. To mm-hmm. your point, the word you used earlier, Ryan. Yep. And and I think that is that is kind of where I view the situation is it's smart to ask for that clarification or not to, to get asked for the audio. So you can read him, but yeah, I didn't say that. That this guy's, you know, and he mentioned Dennis Dodd's name like three, four times in his rebuttal. So he was clearly making it like I just I read that as like he's making it very clear, like this guy, you know, here he goes. And 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 the funny thing is. This isn't going to change any Ohio State fans' opinion, and I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I've seen already seen tweets of well, he he just needs to own what he said. I'm like, did you not hear him read? Like, but it doesn't matter. But that's what Dodd does, right? It's already out there. The black eyes kind of happen. He's, it's it's going to heal quickly because, like you said, Ryan, you know, there's no there's no there there, right? right? There's no and, substance. Yeah, right. And so for most of people, like, yeah, this is just Dennis Dodd being Dennis Dodd, and uh, yeah. I, I guess it really is like a Skip Bayless situation, man. It's just like yeah. thriving off of con- tr- controversy, yeah. even if you make it yourself, you yeah. know, like thriving you know. off chaos, yeah. you know, and yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's a little frustrating because it's just, it's unnecessary mm-hmm. and it's unprofessional. It's childish. It's petty. And it shows a lack of talent. Like if you don't have enough of talent, if you don't have enough confidence in your ability to get people to engage with what you do, by just telling the story the way that it is like, there's enough cool aspects to Marcus Freeman taking over that you don't need to spend this the way that it does. Just like when Lincoln Riley took over for Bob Stoops, it was a great story. You didn't need to, you don't need to create dramas, you know, Dabo taking over for, for, for uh, Tommy Bowden or was it yeah, Tommy Bowden, right? Tommy was coach at Clemson. Terry was coach at Auburn. Correct. Yes. Yeah. You know, it just tell the story for what it is. And if the story, if it doesn't have enough juice, then it's just not an interesting story. Don't tell it or just know that you're not going to get a click, a lot of clicks on that story. But this is who Dennis Dodd is. This is what he seeks. This is what I think he wants and likes. 
And uh, I just, uh, you know, the nice thing about kind of having your own thing is you don't got to worry about playing that game anymore. And so I don't have to play that game anymore. And so I'm going to tell you what, what I think. And Dennis Dodd is a, is an absolute joke. He is Mm -hmm. a disgrace to the profession of journalism. He is a disgrace to the profession that, that includes people like Tim Priester and Lusa Moji and, and, you know, other great writers over the years that, that take a lot of pride in doing the job the right way. And, um, and he's he's one of those reasons why I don't call I, I never you've never heard me call myself a journalist and never I call myself an analyst and now I'm a publisher right and and it, it's because of people like that and there's so much of this in media and politics and in culture and in sports it's just like just tell the freaking story just be honest that's your job your job is not to play favorites your job is to tell the story if you're a journalist that's what your job should be and um yeah, so uh, I would love somebody said invite Dennis Dodd, Dodd to IB tailgate. I would love that. I would love to <laughs> to let Dennis Dodd know uh, what I think about him outside of the because like like I would love to go up into a press conference and just go off, but that'd be that would make me just as unprofessional and clownish as he is, sure. right? But if I bumped into him at a tailgate, that's a le- that's a different setting, you know. Uh, if I you know then then it might be like a hmm, let me uh, let me share a little piece of my mind with you. Would you, would you would you offer him a seat? Would you offer him a seat? Yes, I would. I would. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah I, I still would. If he wanted well, one, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can I, rip you and still be courteous. I mean, that's know, fair. That's fair. That, that's that would say more about me than him, right? But well, yeah. when I, I I knew after reading the situation, Brian, the the article, and then listening to Coach Freeman, I knew that this was because I think most people out there are just you know gen, genuinely kind of from a Notre Dame perspective are genuinely upset because somebody tried to paint a picture about the Notre Dame head coach, right. And made, tried to make Marcus Freeman look a certain way from our perspective. It's very, cause this, you know, this is what we do, right? Like we, we produce content in the same, uh, right. in the same area. So it's not only just the fan aspect of like, wow, you're trying to make Notre Dame look bad. It's also dishonest journalism, right? right. Like it's just, it's, it's like the worst of every, right scenario and every vantage point from that right. instance too which just makes it even worse for me personally and he, here's the problem ryan in, yep. in, in in whether it's sports whether it's politics whether it's about all the things that have happened in our country the last three years what happens is, is if you are if you are can someone considered a journalist right like when i watch political news there's journalism and then there's like opinion stuff you know the difference between you know uh, a person who's supposedly in, in a in a a news telling story or situation or someone who's just giving you opinion of the things when you're someone who's considered a journalist, whose job is to tell the news and you do the things that you do. And it's in sports media, it's in politics. And to me, it's on both sides of the aisle, right? Like, I mean, I don't watch any political news shows anymore. Any, I'm not like, Oh, I still watch this channel. Cause they agree with me. No, they're hacks too. Okay. What happens is, is when real things do happen, you've now lost the trust of the public. And, and that's the danger right? Is tell the truth, tell the story, whether it makes your side look bad or not, because when things really happen that matter, people need to know that they can trust it, whether you like it or not, or I like it or not, that they're going to get the truth. And I just like, who does that anymore? Like, who can we say in politics or sports that you can say, you know what, that is an outlet that's just really about getting the truth out. There's individuals here and there. Sure. But you know, 
we're not getting that at ESPN anymore in sports. It's all no. opinion and spin and analysis, right? There's there's no one that does news. And then the one person that I thought told a good story was Tom Rinaldi, and they got rid of him. Yeah. And then the, the, the few good re- reporters they had, they've been getting rid of because, you know, there's no money in telling the truth and telling news, which, mm-hmm. you know, is a joke. But anyway. I, it's, it's so sad because I, I think I texted you about this a few weeks ago. Ray Didinger's a famous journalist around the Philadelphia area. He's covered Philadelphia sports for a long time for like the daily news. And he's been on the radio forever and he just retired. And he's like one of the last ones, man, to, to your point where I'm just like, that guy is just, he wants to tell the story, right? Like there's no spin to it. it, it this is the right. story. This is my honest analysis. This is what I see. Right. And I just, right. There's not enough of them anymore. There's not. You're right. And it's it's a shame that this is what the, the controversy we're talking about. I mean, I was right. even I was even I, I just had like a sports talk show on. The, I mean, not sports talk show, a, a TV show on yesterday. I forget which one it even was. You have the game. What's it about to be game six of the NBA right. finals? And they're talking about is Anthony Davis a top seven player in basketball? And I saw the take from that. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm so glad I don't want. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah. I heard that one, too. The Stephen A one. Right. And I'm just like. But I'm like, why is that what we're talking about? Just because right. you just want two sides. Are like, the you Lakers even the, have the, the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs? Correct. Oh, they were bad this year. Yeah, they were bad. They were below like, 500. Why they are were we talking team. about Anthony Davis? Exactly. It, because it's not about them. Like wh- whatever happened, like having matchups and X's and O's and all this kind of stuff. It's it's all about like it's it's all about like getting the, the they everybody wants the hot take. They want that one minute clip that's going to go viral, as opposed to man, they had a great discussion about this analysis and this x's and o's and all that kind of stuff and and it and it it sickens me i mean look i'll be honest you you got to make tough decisions in this business and and at the end of the day if if you're if you're this is the when there's so much money in in the media it's like well i can't report this because our biggest donor is you know what we would this negative story would be about so it, it just I mean, do you think my life would have been easier the last five years if I would have just jumped on the Brian Kelly, you know, love train like everybody else? Yeah, would have, a big time would have. But it wasn't, it wasn't how I what I built. Now I could have been wrong, but I was giving you my honest opinion, and and that's the thing that just it just it, it bothers me and it just kind of sickens me. And, and Dennis Dodd is like the epitome of that from a a journalism standpoint or a writer standpoint. It's it's just like you can't take any of that clown says seriously. And I and then you know, and then we got to deal with this crap instead of talking about what we wanted to talk about. So and I know we're we're 31 minutes in and we haven't even talked yeah. about what we actually wanted to talk about right. today, which is a, a shame. But I, I think that this is important, right? Because honestly, and this is a, a big clap for you, like honestly, right? Like you have built a site that is built upon integrity and honesty yeah. and putting out good content. We're so, gonna be wrong. We have been wrong. Yeah. Right. But you're all you here's the thing. I whether you like me or not, agree with me or not, like the show or not, what I what I hope people will always say is, and I know that they don't because there's idiots everywhere, is that you know he he's at least telling you what he thinks. It's what he truly believes. Sure. Whether I'm right or wrong, whether I'm on on the same page with everybody else or I'm giving you something completely different. If I'm giving you an opinion on something that's completely different from everybody else, it's not to stand out, it's because that's what I honestly believe. Sure. And that's what I've told Ryan from the minute he got hired. Don't ever feel like you have to agree with me because I said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't ever th- feel like you have to take on the same opinion I do. And, um, you know, there, you know, that that's a spanky. You're killing me, man. You would not have sacked me 
Okay, you would not have sacked me. Let it go. Let it go. But we do, but we do appreciate the super chats, yes, Maggie. We, we do. do. I'm texting him as soon as this shuts up. That's my guy. Anyway, I want to move on, Ryan, because uh, we, we've we've allowed this clown to take up enough of our time. So uh, we do have a little bit of recruiting news we want to go over first uh, mm-hmm. before we dive into our main topic, which is about the Notre Dame football team, because we've been talking so much recruiting. Uh, the last few months, it's just yeah. like every time we think recruiting is going to slow down, and we can get back to the team. They go Fantastic. out and get three huge commitments last week, and yeah. uh, and then we're we're pos- we're postponed again. Yep. So Ryan, let's transition a little bit. Uh, we have learned today, and I believe I believe Tom Loy was the first to report it. I'm not certain of that, so if somebody else did, no disrespect intended, but I believe Tom was the first to report it. We've been able to confirm and do a little bit of digging on this that Notre Dame has canceled the official visit this weekend for Christian Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He is the wide receiver from North Carolina. Ryan and I both liked his film. Uh, I think he was a good player. Didn't think no. he was a like top hundred guy, but a good player. Uh, filled mm-hmm. a role that uh, he didn't. And so a lot of people ask, you know, you know why? Well, Ryan basically comes down to Notre Dame likes where they're at right now, and they're going to focus their time on other on closing on other places instead of trying to push for a guy that they liked but didn't necessarily love. Right. And I kind of put him in the same category as like Malik Elzey in regards to how he's viewed as we like the kid. He's a good player in other years. This might be a guy we want, but in this year, when you look at the board, I just think there was other guys on the board that they liked better. You can agree or disagree with their decision, but there's right. just other guys that they like better and they would rather focus on closing on those guys at this point yeah. in time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's said perfectly, right? Like, cause I mean, I honestly, and we've talked about this. I like Christian, Christian Hamilton for that slot role. Mm-hmm. I, probably would have been a take for me. I mean, to be very honest and to put it fully at transparency, this is not the fact that Notre Dame canceled the visit is now moving yeah. on from Christian Hamilton is not going to change my opinion. I think Christian's right. going to be a really good, good football player, college yeah. football player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that he fits that slot role so well with his ability, yeah. ability to man- manipulate space. I will say the positive of this is if Notre Dame made this move, that tells you that they feel better about where they yeah. are with Ronan Hannafin, Micah Tease, Jaden Greathouse, the the what the board Rico is Flores. Last. Rico yeah. Flores, the board outside of Christian Hamilton. Here's what I also think it means. I also think think it means that they are more and more focusing on Micah Tease as being an offensive guy. I, I think that, and, and you know, just reaching out some sources. That's I, I've kind of said. I, I feel good about saying that, right? And and so that's so somebody said they only take four. No, they still are pushing for five. Four is the minimum. That's the number they got to get four. They're only gonna. They were always only gonna ever take five. If it was the right five, and one of those guys had to be a guy that could have some positional flexibility. Well, they're pushing for two guys like that, Ronan Hannafin and Mike Tees. But what I think this not pushing for Malik Elzey, not bringing in Christian Hamilton, to me tells me that 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 they feel good about the the four, the first four. Mm-hmm. And then with with Micah Tease, that they're really going to kind of zero in on him being that that guy, because Micah Tease fills that role as well. Micah Tease mm-hmm. fills that, and I would actually argue that I feel I feel like Micah Tease brings a little bit more outside receiver. And this is something you and I Agreed. were talking about about Christian Hamilton. You like him a little bit more than I do, but it's close. Mm-hmm. You you know I view him yeah. as like a top one fifty to one seventy five kind of guy. I think yep. you probably have him like what one twenty five to one twenty five to one fifty, yeah, right? So we're really bar. close. He's a good uh-huh. football player. It's just I don't think they want to go to five for a good football player. They want to go to five for a guy they really like. And and I also believe 
Uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, that you and I both like Micah Tease better than him as a player, even as just a receiver, right? Like, right. take away that I think Micah Tease is better on defense than he is on offense. Same. He's yeah. still a better wide receiver, I think, than Christian Hamilton because I think he's got a little bit more juice. I'll say this. I think Christian is a more natural wide receiver. That's the thing I like about him. Like, he's a very natural offensive player. Yeah. Where, like, with Ronan Hannafin and Micah Tease, they're just athlete, athletic guys that are still learning – the, you know, they're kind of they play both sides, and, and I think that they view the athleticism as better. Obviously, Ronan Hannafin, not only is he faster than Christian Hamilton, but he's a lot bigger than Christian Hamilton. And then with Micah Tease, I think they like the fact that he's got a little bit more juice and the fact that he can play two positions. So if Micah Tease doesn't make it at receiver, you right. could still find a home for him. Mm-hmm. But I think what this shows, you don't make this move, Ryan. Mm-hmm. If you don't think you at least have a shot to close on Micah Tease and Rico Flores and Jaden Greathouse and Ronan Hannafin, Absolutely. you also don't make this move if you're still leaning towards just giving Micah Tease a shot at receiver and then moving him to defense. Right. You're making this move because you're willing to go all in on giving him an opportunity to play wide receiver. Legitimate you. opportunity, right? Like not just not just a not just a you know a slap on the contract and then eventually you can take it a different way. Right. Like that's not, that's not what this move is. And I think that that's the player that most signifies there's more because we talked about all those players. And I think that we feel, we still feel, even though Jaden Greathouse pushed his commitment date back, yeah. right. We still feel good about Greathouse. Something we feel have to change there. Ryan. Right. Exactly. So we still feel good about that one. You still feel really good about Ronan. You yeah. feel good about Rico as long as he's you know, probably the one I feel least confident in of the right. four that we feel Notre Dame's leading for right now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Exactly. Yeah. And then Mike and Tease has kind of been the question, right? It's like USC, Notre Dame, Oklahoma's out of the picture. What like What is his allegiance? Because... He's a tough guy to get a read on at times, right? And he obviously likes Notre Dame a ton, but we know he also likes USC. Like, and he's for sure going to be a wide receiver at USC. Like, there's no doubt about it, right? So, Ryan, have they been on him? I mean, that, has that been the position that they've pushed for him from the I, beginning? I, I think it's been the, okay. the whole time. Yeah, if I if I okay. remember correctly, I, I don't even think they've ever even mentioned defense for him for, at USC. So, because I know Oklahoma was they wanted him at safety, right? And USC, I believe, has always been wide receiver. So. I, but I think that this is an indication that Notre Dame feels very good about where they are with Mike even more than we do currently, mm-hmm. right? Because I know I, I felt good about it for a while, and then I kind of teetered down a little bit. You've kind of been a little down on it for a while, and you know, deservingly so, with, with just some of the 
tea leaves when you kind of read everything. So they must feel good about that one because now they're putting themselves in the situation. I mean, let's call it what it is. If they now they cancel the Christian Hamilton visit, so if they don't close a Mike Tease, then there is no slot in this. In this, there's no true slot. Yeah, in this I mean, there's they, not. Yeah, it, it, yeah, they they've got to basically hit a home run to have that kind of player. Now, again, I think in Tommy Reese's offense, he doesn't feel that he has to have the traditional slot, the Xavion Bradshaw type, the Christian Hamilton type. I think he feels he could put a Jaden Greathouse in the slot. Last year, he was pushing for DJ Williams in the slot. Uh, just because of the type of pro cell offense he has. I personally think that they need guys can make plays after the catch. I think every offense in college that's going to be running RPOs needs that. Absolutely. And of course, there's different ways to do that. And I think, you know, Braylon James can do that in, in different ways. I mean, so sure. I think that is something that I think is missing. But I also, you, know, you got to look at it like in their view, it's like, but do we take a guy who we think is a good player, but not a difference maker simply because he fills a stylistic need that we have? Right. And when you look at the – and we've talked about this before, Ryan. When you look at the 2024 receiver board, there's a lot of guys like that on the board like that. Yeah, there is. So I think that's part of it too. It's like, look, if we take him as our fifth guy, if we take Christian Hamill as our fifth guy and we like Christian Hamill, just again, this is this is not a, oh, they liked him and now he's going somewhere else and he's not good. He's a good football player. But if you take him, that's one less scholarship you can use next year if you make, miss on Micah Tease. And we've warned before, you got to be careful not to completely rebuild your depth chart in one year. What I think you do is you take four that you like now, and and then, you, you know, hey, look, we're, we're going to need a fifth guy for a year, so let's go get a grad transfer next year that can give depth. Because the one thing that fans have to remember is, yes, Notre Dame needs numbers. But for the next couple of years, they're not hurting for alphas. That's the thing is they don't need Jordan Addison to transfer in for them to be okay. They have right. the players with that potential, Lorenzo Styles, Tobias Murrayweather, Deion Colsey, you know, and then this incoming class, which already has a top 100 recruit in Braylon James. And if you add a Ronan Hannafin and you add a, a Jaden Greathouse and, 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 you know, if you're getting in a situation where like Jaden Thomas and Rico Flores, you're like, you're like eight, nine receivers, you're in a pretty good place. For sure. Right? And mm-hmm. so I think their thing is we'd rather take four guys that we really like this year and then use that fifth spot for next year if we can't get a guy this year that we also really like and they really like Micah Tease. Right. So I think that's also – you you can't rebuild it in one year because what's going to happen is if you bring in five guys now and and one of those guys really can't play, well, what if Christian realizes in a year, like, dude, I'm the 10th guy on the 10-man depth chart. Like, they're not going to play me. And then he leaves and now you're back to square one. But now you've missed all those months of potentially recruiting an extra kid in next year's class. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the explanations for it. I'm not necessarily saying that's what I believe. I'm just saying, like, these are the things you have to consider when you look at how to put a roster together. And, and again, so I'm not necessarily taking an opinion on it, mm-hmm. but I understand it. And and these are the things that go into these types. It's not as easy as just, like, we like him or not. I mean, sometimes you like a guy, but you're like, yeah, I like that guy, but we just right. can't take him right now. I, there's defensive linemen that this staff likes, there's no doubt that I think, Ryan, that they could have pushed for and maybe got, but it's like, but no, because he's not quite the level that we're looking for in this class. Same right. thing a linebacker. There's good linebackers they, that they liked, but they're just like, you know, if we're going to bring in a linebacker, it needs to be a guy that we really like. And they really yeah. liked Preston Zinner. They really liked Drake Bowen. They really liked Jaden Osbury and Darren Gallette. Those are the guys they really liked. So that's why they didn't push as hard for Tamir Robinson. Right, mm-hmm. so they didn't push as hard for Phil, Phil Pachotti. Good football players. Yeah, I like Phil a lot. You know, yeah. but guys uh-huh. that are just like, but we like other guys better, 
And we're not going to take a guy just to take a guy just because he's a good football player. We're going to really make sure that we're building our depth chart smart and spreading these things out a little bit more. I think that's a it's certainly understandable and wise strategy, in my opinion. All I'll say is if if they if Notre Dame ends up with a five man class of Braylon James, hypothetically, of course, Braylon James. Well, that one's not hypothetical because he's in the class. <laughs> Braylon James. Ronan Hannafin, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, and Mike Atiz. I don't think anybody's going to be upset about that, right? Like, that is a really good wide receiver group. The one thing I'll say, though, Brian, is there is a little uneasiness because, in my opinion, I would love to hear if you, if, you, if you agree with this or if you have a little bit of a difference of an opinion. For me, Christian Hamilton, I think, is a little more ready to play than, let's say, a Mike Atiz as a true receiver. So I'm looking at this now, and I'm just kind of like, Braylon James, I think, is going to be a star. But is he going to give you everything year one that you want? In, in right. A, is he a guy that can come in and be a 40-50 right. catch A day guy? one guy. Right. right. So you're looking at him, Ronan Hannafin. I kind of feel the same way. Like long-term, outstanding. But short-term, what are you going to get back? Right. And then you got Mike Gatiz, who we've talked about. It's, it's a little raw as a full-time receiver because he isn't a full-time wide receiver right now. Mm-hmm. Rico Flores, I think, has a little bit of that where he can come in. I think he could compete for those. But the, the uneasiness for me is now – Notre Dame also needs to land Jaden Greathouse. They right. need to, in my opinion. And right. again, there was a lot of uneasiness on the board when I kind of dropped that the recruitment date's going to be pushed back. But if you don't get Jaden Greathouse now in this five-man class, you don't really have a lot of guys that are – because like you said, you don't need a guy to be a dude next year on, uh, uh, necessarily. You're going to have right. Lorenzo Styles and Tobias. But you and do need Deion somebody Colsey that can come and, in. Right. But you do need somebody that can come in and can take some snaps. At that least can play one football. guy in this class. At least right. one guy in this class has to play as a freshman. You're absolutely right, Ryan. I'll, 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 I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. I think of the between him and Mike Atiz, I think this is what I was saying earlier. Like that's what I that's what I meant by he's the more natural receiver. He knows how to run routes. He knows how to work against zones. Where Mike Atiz is just sort of an, a really good athlete, and that tends to happen with guys that are two way players. Like I said, I say the same thing about Ronan Hannafin. Ronan Hannafin dominates in high school because he's just freaking athletic and bigger and stronger he's and faster bigger than and faster than, and than everybody just, else he's, yep. and, and he's he's a great football player but he's not necessarily a technical football player yet and he's more fundamentally sound on defense because that's the position he's played longer and so with like with those guys it's it's like the, but as i've said a million times as a coach ryan I, give me the more athletic guy the more explosive guy the guy with the higher upside because i think in the slot in the slot specifically i don't think that stuff is as important as a for a freshman if you've got that, hey, just get him the ball and let him go do what he's got to do. I can game plan for that. I can or I can scheme for that if that guy's good enough to get on the field. Just running arrows and yeah, and screens I mean, and right, yeah, yeah, I get right. that. Get you some looks. I, I, it's not that hard to teach you how to do a crossing route, right? I mean, it's not that hard to. It's a lot easier to teach a kid how to run four yards and then reroute based on how the guy is is setting, you know. So to slip underneath or get outside or you know use my hand. It's a lot easier leverage, to teach that yeah. than a kid who's never had to get off a press before against Cam Hart. You know what I mean? It's just some of those things are a little easier to teach. And if a kid isn't doing that, there's more you can do with a slot to get him in motion, to move him, to stack him behind that can kind of clean up some of that stuff. So if you need that, you can get that out of him. And so when I look at the 2023 receiver depth chart, you know, you, let's say Tobias Merriweather and, and, and Deion Colsey both break out to a degree this year. Right. And, and, Tobias is your X, Deion's your W, and I'm and I'm feeling completely fine with Lorenzo Styles dominating out of the slot. And he can move outside too, and you can move guys around and all that kind of stuff. And then you look at a guy like Jaden Thomas, who I think can play everywhere. 
I think Jaden Thomas can be sort of a, a, a kind of a, a handyman, right? Can do a little Swiss bit of Army knife. You know yeah. I mean? yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, a really good one too. There is he can play a little slide, can play a little X, can play a little W. Yeah. You know, then you bring in Braylon James who can play the outside slot spots. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Ronan Hannafin get some work in at the slot early on. Big slot, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. same with Jaden Greathouse. One of those two guys I would try to work in with with Lorenzo early on. We've we've talked yeah. about Jaden a lot in the slot. Yeah. I, I like I mean, if that's your style, I and because because right. he's a different type of after catch player than right. a Micah Tease is gonna be, obviously, right. but he can do some work after the catch, man. He's right. got kind of that physical slip type of type Correct. of build to him. Yep. If I'm running Clemson's offense, there's no way in heck I'm putting Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse in the slot. No way. Because they run a different offense. They run a, a, a spread where that guy's got to be a dynamic after the catch guy. Not having that guy is why I've been one of the reasons why I was critical of Clemson's offense going into last year's because they didn't have that guy and they need that. Notre Dame's offense is different. It's a vertically oriented pass game that's not as wrapped up into the slot RPOs and those type of things. And you know, and and so th- that's the thing is there's there's plenty they can do with what they have to be effective. I mean, we saw Jaden Thomas get a get a jet sweep, or was it a jet sweep? Was a jet sweep, and then make Ramon Henderson miss in space. Right? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. There's some things that he can do from that position. I, we, you know, like you said, Jaden Greathouse can make plays after the catch. It's just different than Micah Tease. Absolutely, it's more catch a catch an option route, make that guy miss, and then get space and and do some damage. Where Micah Tease can take a look screen, make some guys miss, and then use that yeah. speed to, to crease a guy yep and, and so it's just different and then you just would know what you have and you would game plan for it because i think lorenzo styles isn't necessary he's a guy he can take a bubble screen and a look screen but that's not necessarily his primary strengths he can do those his primary strengths are vertical downfield route running you know ball skills but he can also do those other things which is why we're so high on on lorenzo as a player but i just feel like you don't need to force this slot issue that was also it's also part of my reason why I'm still frustrated they didn't take Xavier Bradshaw last year. Yeah. Because I felt like he to me, I graded him out higher than Christian Hamilton because Xavion is more explosive than Christian Hamilton was. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that's that that's a bigger miss to me than not taking Christian Hamilton. Because if you'd have taken Xavier Bradshaw last year, we're not having this conversation. Yeah. Xavier. Um, not Xavion. Christian reminds me of, and I know we're comparing it a little bit to Rodney Gallagher too, because that was kind of the quote unquote replacement, right? For a Rodney Gallagher. Gallagher always seemed to me he was a wide receiver playing quarterback, obviously on his level. Right. Christian Hamilton it seems like more like a quarterback that transitioned to wide receiver, right? Because he's not like yeah. the he's not the straight line fast guy, but he's a guy that understands spacing and has good awareness to his mm-hmm. movements, right? So yeah, I mean again. I think I probably would have taken Christian Hamilton in this class if it was my decision, but I definitely understand why. And again, I think there is good indicators of why they're making this move. I think there is potentially good things to follow. I think there's a little bit, there's a final piece to this too, Ryan, Mm -hmm. which is, I think they're betting on themselves a little bit too. True. Which there's always risk involved in that, but I would rather you do that than not take the swings because here's the deal. If you get, let's say they got Christian Hamilton on campus this weekend. And again, we like Christian Hamilton. And if he would have committed Notre Dame, we'd have wrote real positive stories about it and had a really positive thing to say about it. But the final piece of when we do the what's next is here's the reality. This means you cannot take Hannafin, Greathouse, Flores, and Micah Tease. Somebody got to say no to. And I think when they did their evaluation, they said, I would rather take that shot knowing that 
we're not getting Christian Hamilton then the other way around. Because if the, the other the other thing I'll say to you, Ryan, and, and, and I'm curious if you agree with this or disagree with this. I feel like a guy like Christian Hamilton is a little easier to find than a guy like Micah Tease. Because of the fact yeah. that Micah Tease, not that they're necessarily tremendously different as receivers, and I said why I like Micah Tease better. Yep. But again, Micah Tease is a guy that could go start for you in another position if he doesn't pan out on offense. If, if Christian Hamilton comes and he's the ninth guy at receiver, you can move him where? Right? right. Whereas right. with Micah Tease, if he's, I mean, again, he's going to get a legitimate shot. I'm talking about if Micah Tease doesn't move up the depth chart, mm-hmm. he's too good to just sit there on the bench. If there's a need somewhere else, you can move him somewhere else. Right. I would personally give him a shot at the position he wants to play. I'm adamant about that. That's more my personal conviction because I went through that in, in college myself uh, and having not getting that shot. So it's I'm, I'm, you know, I have a biased opinion towards that. But I think that's another reason too, Ryan, is, is I feel like they're, they like obviously Rico Flores better. Mm-hmm. They like obviously Ronan Hannafin better and Jane Greathouse better. I mean, those two are the top of the board of the, uncommitted guys the un- the guys who aren't you know publicly committed another name right now it's, it's Hannafin and great house and then Flores is also a guy they really like a lot and they've liked him I mean they like him more than I mean in a, full disclosure Ryan I think yeah well, I won't speak for both of us I'll let you speak for yourself full mm-hmm. disclosure I I they like Ron, Rico Flores a lot more than I do I think he's a good player but I think Notre Dame's higher on him than I am sure at this point in time uh and, and that's the one where I think we could have more of a debate about mm-hmm. is you know, would you rather take Christian Hamilton or Rico Flores? That that that, that would be a more interesting discussion. That that would be the conversation for me, to be honest, because I I do think Rico's another guy that could play a little bit in the slot yeah, too. So agreed. that could be some potential agreed. there as well. I I think that the staff is going to value a Micah Tease, and I mean I do anyway. I value Micah Tease over Christian Hamilton. Just is the slot option in the class because I agree. Like Christian Hamilton is going to be a slot in college. Like that's just mm-hmm. all. That's probably all he's going to be. And there's nothing wrong with that because you could be a dynamic player for that role. But I think Mike Atiz could play to the field a little bit too. I think he could play outside a little bit because I think he's got more juice to him, right? Like I think that mm-hmm. he can press vertically a little bit more and he could have upside as an outside route runner. So I I don't disagree with it. It's just again you are betting on yourself though. You you need to. And, and we've, we have applauded this staff so far. I mean, we just had a recruiting show on Monday where we basically spent two hours just saying Notre Dame is the best thing ever. Best thing since sliced <laughs> bread, right? Recruiting. Oh, but no, now no, I really like a good sandwich. I, I do like a good sandwich too. But um, they are putting themselves in a position where you have to close. You have to. Right. Like, if not, right. the board is not expanded. It is getting smaller. Right. It is not getting bigger. There's not a lot of options left on the board. Right. Options, And I applaud them for this. They are going after options that they love. Like you said, they're not taking players that they like. They are only taking players that they love in this class. And I I give them full credit for that. No doubt about it. They're betting on themselves. And as we said earlier, the risk with that is, is if you place the bet improperly, you're left with nothing, right? Like it's like going all in on the roulette table. Like (laughs) you better hit this. It's like going all in on black or going all in on red, right? Like every time you have, or putting it on one number. Like if this hit, if that number comes up, boy, whoo, whoo, you're going to be all right. But if it doesn't, you're going home and you're, you're, you're doing this to get home. You're hitchhiking home, right? Cause you got nothing. And that's where they are finishing off the D line. That's kind of where they are at linebacker. It's where they are at corner 
honestly right now, although it's not quite because there is Josiah Wagner, you know, coming in this weekend. So uh, it's what they're doing for the third safety. It's what they're doing at running back. It's what they're doing in a lot of positions. I mean, really, other than offensive line and corner, they're in a position now, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, where if they don't land the guys they have on the board, they're just not going to have anybody else at that, right? And and O-line kind of, because again, there's two guys left on the board. Mm-hmm. They, they We believe they would take both. That's what we've been told they would try to do whatever they can do to make it work. Uh, with Monroe Freeling and Charles Jagasaw, but receiver now there's nobody there's nobody else on the board beyond who the takes are except maybe Malik Elzey, right? Yeah, but you're not going to take Malik Elzey, I don't think, because you missed on Micah Tease. You would mm-hmm. take Malik Elzey if you missed on Jaden Greathouse or Ronan Hannafin or somebody like that. And then corner, you know, you've got three for two basically. Linebacker, it's Jaden Osbury, Samuel and Pemba. They would take both, and that's it. Right. I mean, there's nobody if they miss on those guys. Defensive line, there's nobody if they miss on those guys. If they want a third safety, I don't believe there's anybody on the board but Caleb Downs. So, yeah, they're very much in a okay, we're betting on our ability to close situation. And so far, I can understand why they have the confidence in themselves that they do because they've pretty much, you know, there's been some misses, but for the most part, they've kind of gotten who they've wanted. Yeah, and so I can understand. I can understand their optimism. In that there's and and there's always going to be some misses, right? I, I, I mean, this is this is new, Brian. I mean, we're, we're like you just mentioned, Malik Elzey. Malik Elzey on Rivals is ranked as the 110 player in the country. He's a good football I, I, player. Yeah, he's a good yeah. football player. I don't think he's quite the 110 best player in the country. No, he's right? like but, more in the Micah Micah Miles Boykin range, like 180 right. to 210. Sure. Know, 20, 230 is more of where I would have him. Yeah. And Notre Dame is killing it so much on the recruiting trail. That we're not even talking about Malik Elzey, right? Like right. he isn't. He is a. I mean, let's let's be honest. He's a Plan B type of player. Like it, it's a. We might take him if we miss out on player X, Y, Z. And, like, and I'll and, say this: they like Malik Elzey. Sure. Like, I yeah. Think, I, I have. I have. Every time I've ever talked to source over there, it's always no. We really like Malik Elzey. Like when he's a good football player. It's just. There's a couple guys that you know. You at some point in time you have to make. Okay, do we like this guy better or not? You know, and and but like you said, Ryan, there's nobody that I know that's like, nah, he's not that good. He's not a no brainer kid. And in other years, they he'd be a no brainer take. I'd have taken him over Warren Walker last year any day of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, like 100. percent It's just this is a unique year where you've got some really talented kids on the board, and you know you're you're able to take advantage of potentially getting two kids from Texas due to the fact that your receivers coach had that connection. Yep. I mean, that's the other thing is if you don't hire Chancey Stucky, I don't know if they're in a situation where they where they're 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 in the same situation with Drayden Greyhouse. Uh, maybe Malik Elzey would have been a take by then or not, you know. So it's, it's all those things kind of play into it. But uh yeah, it uh it's they're definitely betting on themselves, Ryan. There's no doubt about that. <laughs>